Good morning, C3 family. So glad you're joining us today. What an awesome morning God has given us. Are you ready to experience our awesome God? To receive his fresh grace? To get to know him more intimately so you may know the plans he has for your life? Well, let's enter into his presence and see what happens. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are ready to worship, right guys? Here we go. We encourage you guys to worship along with us this morning. Let's do it. You call us out from the depths into your freedom our chains are gone no weapon form shall prevail your word is stronger we overcome All saints declaring your great renown. Your kingdom forever will stand. We won't be shaken. We will not fear. I got a mighty warrior. You're a consuming fire. In victory you reign. We triumph in your name. Jesus the great death forever in victory reign we triumph in your name the glory resounds through the age and all saints declaring your great renown your kingdom forever will stand we won't be shaken we will not fear I got I got a mighty oil you're a consuming fire in victory reign we triumph in your name Jesus the great commander you conquer death forever in victory Consuming fire in victory, you reign. We 
triumph in your name. Jesus, the great commander, you conquer death forever. In victory you reign. We triumph in your name. Our God Almighty, you're a consuming fire. Good morning, C3. This morning I will be reading from God's Word, Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. So this morning I challenge everyone to worship our great and glorious God who created us and loves us. Come that fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise So teach me some melodious song Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. So here I raise mine Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hold by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home cause jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of god he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood Oh, to grace, how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be So let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee So prone to wander, Lord, I feel it Prone 
to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. So prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. So here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Good morning, C3 family. Welcome. Morning. I greet you in the name of my Savior, and I trust yours as well. We're happy that you could join us. Um, thank you, guys. That was so that was beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks. much. Um, this morning, I want to talk to you about um, waste, wasting things that are valuable, that are important, that matter. And uh, I want to start off by just making a true confession. Uh-oh. Much to my wife's uh, dismay, uh, my grandfather, who I wished you could have known, uh, was a remarkable man, and he influenced me in many, many ways, uh, not the least of which he taught me uh, that you don't waste things. Uh, things have value, they matter, and you don't waste them. Uh, and that, uh, I learned that lesson again, much to my wife's dismay, uh, very well. I don't waste things if I can help it. Twist ties like, you know, in a bread sack. I have thousands of them because I can't throw them away. Uh, trash bags. You empty your trash by picking your trash bag up and taking it out and putting the garbage. I empty my tra plastic trash bags by taking the garbage can out there and dumping the trash it's out so, of it's it true. and save the trash bag. It's true. Um, I don't I'm throw away. I'm sorry to agree <laughs> that that is true. I don't. I, I wash out Ziploc bags. Uh, I wash off tinfoil. And where do we save all of these things that Larry <laughs> yes, is? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't throw away disposable Tupperware ever. That is correct. Uh, I don't. I, my garage is filled with cans full of old bolts and screws. I don't throw away supposedly, uh, what do you call it, Expi supposedly expired Okay. Medicine. Yeah, don't don't do that. Um, I spent I've spent forty years going around my house turning off lights and the air in, conditioner uh, and the air conditioner. Uh, I don't, that you don't waste things. Um, my daughter grew up in a home where it was very common to see jars with a few oh. drops in it upside down on top of the new jar, so that the old can come down into the new. That's just ketchup. what you do. Ketchup. ketchup, yes, mayonnaise, anything, mustard, anything, hair, uh, sh uh, shampoo, whatever. Um, I still wear clothes that I wore, literally, shoes and clothes that I wore 20, 25 years ago. I still wear them. I cannot not clean my plate. You eat the food on your plate, no matter what, no matter what. Um, you don't throw away leftovers. Uh, it drives me crazy that some of my favorite people on the planet eat a meal and throw the leftovers away. I eat leftovers that are literally eight and ten days old. Again, some of this uh, we I can don't, I don't, under yeah, I don't. My daughter will take a piece of cheese that has a little bit, bit of mold on one end. She throws the whole thing away. 
you you know, rather than just cutting off the little bit of mold and then you, no, she, uh, I don't throw away foods that are supposedly expired or a little stale. You don't waste things. Uh, well, this morning, I will give you no examples of what he has eaten. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't waste things. No, I just don't do it. I can't. I can't help it. Well, I would declare to you today that the Bible also suggests that God <laughs> is not into wasting things. Uh, in Psalm 19, the Bible says that creation declares the glory of God. Creation, God's creation declares His glory. That means that we can learn things about God from the way He created creation. Yeah, right. Well, the natural world, as you said, doesn't waste either. The natural, nowhere in nature does nature waste things. So like... To, Which right. would reflect that God doesn't either. But right, ahead, right. The, well, that's the way it was created, right? Yes. So the leaves are falling from the trees and they go down on the ground. But even that, of course, we know is not a waste because that's the, the fertilizer, fertilizer yes. for, the, for the entire winter for those trees. Yes. Uh, there's a, a poem that I teach by Gerard Manley Hopkins where a little girl is crying because the leaves are falling. And she is comforted later in the poem by the fact that um, that's, while that does represent death, what follows death is resurrection, life again. So, um, you know, even we see that in, in nature, um, scavengers, scavengers. Fish die and cr fall, to crabs the, and, fall to the bottom and then crabs and shrimp and eat them. Vultures eat yeah, them. It's yes, just yes. that whatever goes is not wasted. I was reading the other day about topsoil in Oh, yeah, that's Africa. right. That's right. Uh, that the winds uh, and the droughts in Africa uh, blow the topsoil away from the continent of Africa. Right. What a waste. No. You'd think it'd fall in the ocean, but... You'd think it would fall in the ocean and be wasted, but it's not. It actually blows all the way over and becomes the fertilizer for the rainforest that's, of Brazil. That is amazing. Which creates the oxygen for the world. So I read when we were talking about this, just one last little quote... <laughs> Where um, it says that organisms, one organism's waste is, or when an organism dies, when an organism is wasted, it's another organism's feast. Yes. It's just a, yes. It's a cycle. And again, I would suggest that Psalm 19 is, is revealing that. Yes. That if you want to know uh, much about God, not everything about God, uh, that's revealed in Scripture, but... Um, much about God is revealed in the way He created creation. Sure, sure. And one of those ideas, I believe, is that God is not into waste. Let me give you some scriptures real quickly to just emphasize this. In Psalm 39, David says, Show me, Lord, my life's end and to number my days. Let me know how brief life is. And then he says again in Psalm 90, almost the same thing. Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What's David saying? He's saying, learn how brief life is. Yeah, pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on in those brief days of life that you're given. Don't waste them. Yeah. Capitalize on them. Yeah. Maximize them. Yeah. In Proverbs 6, the wisest man that ever lived, lived said... Go to the ant, you sluggard. Hmm. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no leader, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. 
How long will you lie there, you lazy bones? Sleeping too much leads to poverty and robs you of success. What's Solomon saying? He's saying, don't waste the... You are given so many hours each day. Use them wisely. Use the resources that you are given wisely. Capitalize on the life that you've been given. Paul says in Ephesians 5, be careful how you live, not unwisely, or but wisely, and make the most of every opportunity that God gives you because the days are evil. Paul again saying, don't waste the life and the days that you're given. And then he says in Romans 8, we know that God works Some translations say the word uses. We know that God works or God uses all things for the good of those who love Him. God doesn't waste the opportunities and the blessings and the experiences in our lives. Those verses all declare that God does not waste the things in our lives. Let me give you four examples real quickly. Number one, God doesn't waste our mistakes Hmm. or regrets. We can allow our mistakes and regrets to become a waste or to be wasted, but God never does. And I think a great example of that is Samson. uh, The the Old Testament character Samson, the strongest man that ever lived. What an example of a wasted life. And yet, the last thing the Bible says about Samson is that he accomplished the purpose that God created him for. God created him to be the defender and the deliverer of Israel from the Philistines. And it says on the day that he died, he killed more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. He, He ultimately... God didn't waste his life. Samson yeah. tried very hard to waste it, but he, he ultimately delivered the, the, the Israelites from the uh, tyranny of the Philistines, even in a wasted life, God didn't waste it. I never it. thought about it until this minute, but isn't that part of what the word redemption means? That's exactly right. Redeemed from yeah, waste, that's redeemed great, yes. from yes. You know, nothing. I think of Israel uh, during the 70 years of Babylonian captivity. What a, what a waste yeah, yeah. that Israel would have said no to God so many times in so many ways that God says, okay, I'm going to remove you from this land that I promised to Abraham, your forefather. I'm going to destroy everything that is in your land, and I'm going to put you in a foreign land for 70 years. What a waste. And yet the Bible says that when God, when God's people 70 years later came back to the promised land, you ne- for a thousand years Israel battled with idolatry. Mm. After they came back from the Babylonian captivity, they, you never hear of an Israelite worshiping an idol again. It's removed. Finally, they learned what God had tried to teach them in yeah. a myriad of ways yeah. for a thousand years. That Babylonian captivity, while it was tragic, it was not no, a waste. It wasn't wasted. And I could go on and on. Paul regretted his entire life that before he became a Christian, he persecuted the early church uh, passionately. But God didn't waste that persecution. The, the Bible says that the, the, the Christians in Jerusalem scattered all over the Mediterranean world, fleeing from Paul's persecution. They spread the gospel all over the Mediterranean world. 
God didn't waste the regrets and the mistakes and the failures of people. Another thing that that, uh, God doesn't waste in our lives is our pain and the wrongs that are done to us. Joseph's brothers wronged Joseph terribly. Yeah. But God didn't waste that. In Genesis 50, Joseph said, "You meant, talking to his brothers, you meant to harm me, but God is using it for good, for the salvation of many people. David fleeing from Saul. Uh, what a horrible, uh, an innocent man. David did nothing but serve and love uh, Saul, and yet uh, Saul ran uh, uh, saw David out of the kingdom as a fugitive, but David fled as a fugitive alone. He returned a number of years later with a mighty army of mighty men. Um, that was not wasted. And I mean, example after example, Paul being falsely accused, falsely tried, falsely sentenced, falsely beaten, and then falsely thrown in prison in Philippi. And yet God didn't waste that. It was all wrong. It was, all that was wrong uh, treatment for Paul. And yet the Philippian jailer and his family were saved because of all of that wrong done to Paul. And ultimately, the, the, one of the strongest churches in the New Testament, the church at Philippi, was started because of that. Um, and I, we could go on and on and on. Uh, James says, rejoice as you face various trials and pr- problems, knowing that they produce perseverance and tenacity. The wisest among us, like, like Paul and, and um, Joseph, know that that waste is not, that it's not wasted. It's not wasted, they yes. They know it, yeah. In 1 Peter, Peter says, your many afflictions reveal and prove to yourself and others that your faith is genuine. I love that. Our children will learn that our faith in Christ is genuine by our ability to see that the pains that are afflicted upon us in life are not wasted. They're there for a purpose. A a third uh, way that God does not waste the things in our life is times of anonymity, insignificance, and wilderness. We think, Mm -hmm. oh, I know what God wants me to do with my life. I'm supposed to do this and this and this, but right now I can't do it. Something's keeping me from from fulfilling the purposes that God has for my life. And I'm in a sort of a wilderness time. No, I, I can't accomplish the Nothing's purposes. Happening. Nothing's happening. And yet when you look at the life of Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, and David, they also went through wilderness times where nothing was happening. Yeah, yeah. And yet when they came out of those times of wilderness, they were deeper. They were stronger. They were richer. They were prepared for the plans that God ultimately had for them. Well, it's a winter time. I mean, you think about it. It's the, it's the cold, it's frozen, it's, but then it comes back. It comes back. And because of the winter, the spring, come, the spring comes back stronger. Yeah, the roots are stronger. Exactly, exactly. And then finally, uh, attempts to do good, attempts to help. God does not allow a, our attempts to do good. He doesn't allow those to be wasted. We might think they're wasted. I forgave him and it was a waste. I helped that person and it was a waste. I tried to do a good deed and it was a waste. Yeah. 
That's our perspective. Yeah. God sees our attempts to do good, to help, to, 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 to make things better. He notices, he remembers, and he will not allow those things. Jesus says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you will not lose your reward. It won't be wasted. (laughs) Even the smallest, most unnoticed acts of, of, of good are not wasted in the eyes of God. But finally, just for the, for the few minutes we have left, I want to speak to us today, Shirley, just about how not only does God not waste things, He doesn't want us to waste things either. So let me read this passage that it's one of the most well-known passages in all of the Bible. I, I picked the, the, um, the example from John chapter 6, but... Remember I told you this last week that when all four Gospels say the same thing, yeah. when they mention the same event or the same message, that doesn't happen very often, and when it happens, it's huge. Well, one of the stories that all four of the Gospel writers thought was so important that they mention it, and they mention it in almost exactly the same wording, is the example out of John 6. It says, Jesus went up on a mountain and sat down with his disciples, and the Passover was near, and Jesus saw a large crowd coming to hear, uh, coming to him. And he said to Philip, one of the disciples, where can we buy bread for these people to eat? He was asking this to test him, for he already knew what he was about to do. And Philip answered, Jesus, 200 denarii, 200 days worth of work, 200 days of salary wouldn't buy enough bread for each person to even have a small piece. One of Jesus' disciples, Andrew, said, Here's a boy with five barley loaves and two small fish, but what difference will these make among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there, okay, and he says, Now there was plenty of grass in that place, so the men sat down, approximately 5,000 in number. And then Jesus took the loaves and the fish and gave thanks and distributed them to every last one as much as they wanted. And when they were all full, Jesus said to the twelve, gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. See, in, in the eyes of Jesus, it's a big deal that we don't waste things. Gather all the leftovers, leftovers by the way. Gather all the leftovers. Larry will eat them because he knows what God knows. He knows what Jesus valued. You don't waste things. And I want to just share with us quickly five things that I don't believe God wants us to waste. One is life opportunities. Being around you and being around your mother and being around John Rimmers. The three of you, if you've taught me anything, you've taught me Don't waste the opportunities that God gives you. Utilize and emphasize and capitalize every opportunity. Don't sit around and waste your life doing nothing or doing things that have no value. Every day you're given is a gift. And use it to its fullest. You're not going to get it back. You're not going to get it back. And anyway, I'll I'll move on. But uh, I think of that story, that parable that Jesus tells in Matthew 25, 
where that master brings those three servants to him and he says, look, I'm going to give each of you some resources, some gifts, uh, and I want you to go out and I want you to do something big with them. I want you to use them to their maximum. Now all three go out and come back in a little while while, and the first guy had done some amazing things with them. The master was so proud and he said, I'm going to reward you greatly because you didn't waste what I gave you. Second guy comes back, he had done real good, not as good as the first guy, but he'd done real good. And the master was equally proud and said, way to go, I'm so proud of you. Uh, I'm going to reward you because you didn't waste what I gave you. The third guy came back and he said, master, before you say anything, I just want you to know, I I have nothing to bring to you uh, because what you gave me, I hid in the ground. And the Bible says that the master was furious with that man and was punished severely not because he failed. See, he wasn't rebuked and punished for failure. He was rebuked and he didn't say, I tried to do this, this, and this, and they all failed. It didn't work. He wasn't rebuked for failure. He was rebuked for waste. And I think the lesson there is don't let fear of failure and don't let laziness stop us from capitalizing on the opportunities that God gives us. We in comparison, and he got five and he got three and I only got one. None of that. None of that matters. Of that, yeah. Did you do something great with what God gave you? Go for your dreams. I forgot who it was, Gretzky or, or, or uh, Jordan or somebody said that you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. We must embrace the opportunities that God gives us in life. Second thing that God doesn't want us to waste is our suffering. In Psalm 119, David says, It was good for me to suffer so that I might learn your commands. And in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, or God says to Paul, My power is perfected through your weaknesses and experiences of insult, distress, and difficulty. We can whine. We can have a pity party, we can complain, we can hold grudges, we can withdraw, we can attack back. Or when we suffer tragedies in life from life or from people, we can also respond differently and not waste them. Learn from them, be bettered by them, respond like Christ so that His grace can flow into these situations in people's lives. But we ought not waste the suffering that we experience. The grace of Christ can flow into other people's lives, but it flows into our lives too. Absolutely. When we yes. do that. Yes, that's exactly right. Third thing that I don't think God wants us to waste is our abundance. God gives us blessings so that we can share them with others. Doesn't mean we're not supposed to enjoy them because we are. God wants us to enjoy the blessings that He gives us. But he also wants us to understand that when we are given blessings, he wants us to share them. Nabal, that guy, uh, Abigail's husband, uh, who was given this incredible harvest. And David comes and says, would you give me and my men a little bit of your blessing? Nope, I will not. This is all mine. He missed an opportunity to be a blessing to others, and he suffered terribly. Um, The rich man in Lazarus. The rich man lived in a big house full of feasting, and nothing was wrong with that. But there was a man out in front of his house at at the gate who was in great need, and that rich man never used his blessings 
to help Lazarus. Passed by him every day. Passed by him every day. We must understand that when we are given an abundance, God wants us to not just waste it, but to use it, not just waste it on ourselves, but to use it to impact others for good. And then third, uh, fourthly, I'm sorry, God wants us to use opportunities to do good to others. Not just money, but to do good things to impact others. That's the whole story of the, of the Good Samaritan. Those two men walked by that man that was beaten up and laying on the side of the road dying, and they didn't kick him. They didn't cuss him. They didn't throw a rock. They just didn't do anything. God wants us to do good to people that are hurting. That's why Paul says in Hebrews 13, don't forget to do good. What's the point? We do forget. We, we, by our nature, by our brokenness, we get so busy and so distracted that we forget to do good. And then lastly, God does not want us to waste our life opportunities. God does not want us to waste our suffering. God does not want us to waste our abundance. God does not want us to waste our opportunities to do good to people. And fifthly, God does not want us to waste our relationships. I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life when I see the people that I, some of the people that I love the most wasting the relationships that God has given them. And I think it breaks the heart of God. Relationships matter to God more than anything. Well, more than being right, more than the truth, more than anything else, relationships matter to God and God does not want us to waste them. If somebody asked Jesus, what's the most important command in the Bible? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is equal to it, love your neighbors yourself. Both of them are relational. Equal to it. <laughs> um, in Matthew 7, Jesus said, treat others as you want to be treated. What that means is when you're a rear end, you won't be able to treat you with some grace and forgiveness and patience. Treat other people when they're rear ends in like manner. <laughs> uh, and Jesus said, treat others as you want to be treated. This sums up the entire Old Testament. Paul said in Ephesians 4, be humble, be gentle, be patient, be forbearing, be kind, be tender with one another in love. What's Paul saying? Relationships are a lot of trouble. They're a lot of hard work. It's going to demand a lot of effort, but it's worth it. Well, consider the alternative, loneliness. That's exactly right. Pay attention to that. And the, the older you get, the more you realize how wasted a life it is. That's alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then finally in Matthew 5, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible to me, Jesus says that if you're at the temple worshiping God, most important, while we were created, we were created to worship God. Most important thing we can do. And yet Jesus said, if you're at the temple worshiping God and you remember that there's a relational problem back home, stop worshiping God and go back and make things right now. Fix your relation. It's more important than anything else. And I would just say to all of us, God has given us these treasures, these relation, relational treasures, and we are we're to, to prove ourselves right, to make them see that they're wrong, to demand an apology, to uh, uh, all this stuff, uh, punishing one another, and we are wasting the relationships these treasures that God has given us. 
And I just, you know, I'll end with this. I was just thinking about how the Bible says that God hates sin. He's against sin. So he sees sin as wrong. And I wonder if one of the major reasons that God is so opposed to sin is because by definition, sin leads to waste. And God does not want us to waste our lives. Well, yeah, no, he does not. No, he does not. We're going to celebrate the, the Lord's Supper. And by doing this, and I hope that if you have some bread and juice or wine at your home, that you'll join us. Um, we eat bread, which represents the body of our Savior. We drink juice, at, which represents his blood. And we do this to declare that there was a life that was lived by the Son of God 2,000 years ago. And in the eyes of many, in fact, I would say in the eyes of most, it was a wasted life. Hmm. And yet, because Jesus would not waste his life, he used it in the ways that his father wanted him to, and it ultimately led to insurmountable, immeasurable, eternal impact upon our world and upon all those especially that will put their faith and trust in Him as their Savior. So let's eat. And let's drink. And let's remember what Jesus did for us. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're happy that you could be here. Lord bless you this week. We, we pray. Amen. past but only found love Heard about a sea where sin sinks like stones There's no floor there Just mercy down below There's so much grace There's so much grace There's so much grace There's so much grace Heard about a man with holes in his hands he can hide mountains of sin in them. His smile destroyed my religion. His love it shakes down my prison. There's so much grace. There's so much grace There's so much grace 
Thank you guys again for joining us this week. Come on back next week, Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We'll be back at 10.15 in the morning. We hope today's been encouraging to you, and you guys have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.